Welcome to the Broken Jars Broadcasting Network, home of the Dresden Files podcast, 42 Entertainment, and many others. More podcasts like this one can be found at brokenjars.xyz. everyone, this is episode 10 of High Fantasy, a member of Broken Jars Network, and uh, we are gathered here at this weird ungodly hour because Jacob is going someplace sunny today, and so we're all tired, and we'll have caffeine, but... Mm. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to the happiest place on earth. Yeah. That isn't Comic-Con. <laughs> the San Diego Comic-Con is my happiest place on earth. <laughs> Right. So, <laughs> have we been? Uh, have we made progress in the past? However long it's been, because you know, everything's been busy with like uh, holidays and more holidays, and <laughs> then the broken jars holiday special. <laughs> yes, uh, I've made some progress. I wouldn't say a lot of progress, but I finally got. Corlex onto the train and the train is moving and so that's been fun uh had a really had him have a very existential conversation with a with an old dude so that was also fun <laughs> but other than that no i haven't really made a lot of progress i've written like maybe a couple hundred words on a specific scene that i've been working on for the past like month or two because i, I wrote it in its entirety, and then I realized I needed to rewrite it because it was too bad, and I'm still just doing the rewriting part. It's weird and difficult, and I keep questioning myself. But it's also fun, but then it's hard, and so I just to go do something else. <laughs> Screw work. Work is dumb. <laughs> I, like, this is hard. I'm going to go transcribe Corlex for a while, and then that gets hard, and I just, like, look at everything. It's like, I, I don't want to... <laughs> Yeah, but at least when you look at, you know, Corlex, you're like, hmm, this is money. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I'm trying to remind myself with. I want money. Colin? I've written nothing. I've resigned myself to throwing out everything about during Nano. <laughs> but it helped me push the plot further along, so it wasn't a waste of time. The writing... Uh, just nano makes you write too quickly, and it just doesn't ever really work very well. But I got into the story, so now I know where it's going. How long have you been working on this story? Too long. Like, four years. <laughs> yeah. Not the only story I've worked on. No, but like, it's the one you've been working on the entire time I have known yeah, you. I know. Oh, yeah, there was that other thing with the girl that you were doing. That was because the class required it. Yeah, but um, yeah. yeah. Let's get into our, our topic today. It's kind of a strange thing of uh, talking <laughs> of how we as writers have progressed as we've been writing, which apparently we're not doing enough of. But <laughs> it's like, what have we noticed that we've gotten better at, or things that like we realize that we suck worse than we realized things that like have our goals changed at all it's kind of more of a relaxed thing because we're tired and this was the subject of the episode that was lost so we're redoing it 
So, like, what have you noticed? <laughs> what have you noticed that you are actually significantly better at now than you were before? So, are we talking like since the podcast started, or what? <laughs> I'd say since you started writing, because this is the first time we've done this subject. We'll probably revisit it later. Okay. Well. Uh. Well, first, I used to never write anything longer than a page. You know, I was much more into, like, poetry and shit. Because that's what the ladies wanted. <laughs> uh, but but now I'm actually being able to, like, construct a story that actually builds. You know, my first draft of the first Corelex was 40 handwritten pages. And now on this this run-through, I'm at around 200 pages so I've, it, it's taken me a while to actually be able to keep a story going beyond just a you know short quick little story so that's that's a big improvement on my part I now make sure there's a point to what I'm writing as opposed to just writing scenes that just follow after one another I make sure each scene contributes to what I'm trying to do you have like more outline dependence? Not even that, just, well, after four years of thinking on a story, the outline's kind of just in your head. Yeah. But yeah, each scene needs to be the next scene and not just where the character will walk to next. Because that gets boring real quick. Yeah. And I can attest to the earlier versions of the story. Yeah, well, like I said, in the episode that was lost, like you have this thing, or at least you did when I was reading it, that every scene. Oh, no, it's still a problem. Yeah, it had this thing of like the character's like, I'm going to go do this. It's going to be awesome. And, like it's building up the tension. <laughs> and then somehow in the next scene, that would happen, and yet it wouldn't actually be very exciting or tense. And then there's always ending of, I'm going to go do it. It's just like, I don't feel any sort of excitement when anything happens, but there's always, I'm going to go do it. I think a big part of how that works for me is because I use Scrivener and I have it broken down into scene. And especially when I'm doing NoVimo, I just kind of try to finish the scene to end the day. And then for some strange reason, I feel the need to end every scene with a going to action which I need to stop because like when it's broken up like that, you just see that scene in one out of side of the story. So I might stop using that format because it's clearly giving me negative habits. This is a strange analogy, but that's very much uh, like the book of Mark in the Bible. It's very much, and Jesus, and then Jesus went and did this and then this, and then this. he's always like on the move and doing things. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not the worst thing ever you just got to build tension you know just have some miracles yeah. in the middle and maybe you'll become a religious text you never know it's just, like, when i was reading it it always felt like you were in the beginning of your story because it was always i'm gonna go and not i am doing you know it was like it was yeah. very strange and yet things were moving sort of i just like felt like i wasn't noticing it, it was I hope you're better about it. <laughs> Not when NaNoWriMo. <laughs> yeah, well, they just try to get you to do 50,000 words. Yeah, it, it drove a line of like what the plot's going to be. So now I can go back and actually try to write quality. 
Uh, they do say don't. What do they say? Don't get it right, just get it done. Right. Something like that. I actually call it just like word vomiting. It's like yeah. I'm just gonna vomit all the oh, words yeah. and clean it up and put it where it needs to be later. Yeah. And I'm gonna use lots of small words instead of like three longer words because I need that word count. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I haven't cared as much about ever doing it. I'll never forget. I think it was three or so years ago. Someone posted on the Nano forums a tip to doubling your word count, changing the font to size 14 and double spacing. And everyone was, what? <laughs> it was a sad day. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Something that I've noticed that I'm good at now, or I. It was a weird feeling realizing that I have gotten better at something is when I was thinking of a, a new story and trying to set it up and I just decided to write in really quick sentences what the like opening scene or something would be on just on a piece of paper. And uh, in one scene, it would be a little bit long of a scene, but I established the uh, main character, what their purpose is, what like the major... A crisis would be, and then also introducing the secondary crisis, and what has to happen in like the next part, and a ton of world building, all in one scene. And I was just, oh, I'm actually getting rather good at this whole plotting thing. <laughs> it made me feel good, and it was very strange. You gotta work on the uh, actual physically writing, though. Yeah, and and also the the weird subplots and and ending parts of it. I got good at the that, opening scene plotting. That not comes to, together when you write, but you've got to write. I, I need to know what the ending is before I write, because then I just get in the thing of like, and then this happened, and that happened, and nothing ever ties together ever again. And then you end up like George Aramark. Yeah. Which I don't want to do. <laughs> you take eight books Besides to tie everything party. together. We'll see. One thing I am getting better at Finally, is some is dialogue. I'm still bad at it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just getting better at at it. <laughs> and I think with some rewriting and revisions, my dialogue will get better. Five words or less. It's an awesome guideline. I have what? What's uh, that? something that Jim Butcher said that we talked about when we were talking about dialogue and word choices and stuff was uh, people when they actually have to talk generally stick to five words or less because you don't want to actually move your mouth. And if you stick to that for like per sentence or like per clause or something, it makes it sound so much more believable. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, people don't speak proper, so they drop words and all sorts of things all the time and it's it sounds normal. I right. definitely noticed that in Black Company that I'm reading, like, the conversations are just like short little sentences back and forth for like half a page and that's the entire conversation and they go running off and nobody really says all that much. Because <laughs> they already, like, especially your characters, if they know each other, don't need to vomit their thoughts and feelings. They can just say their point and move on. Yeah, I mean, even just simple things, like instead of saying, I went to the store, people just say, went to it. They just drop their eyes all the time. And you know, like, we really don't speak properly. The eye is the most important part. 
But it, I mean, in I things like that, context, it's so obvious. I mean, so many languages do that, that, I mean, English is no exception. Hmm. Yeah, if someone asked where you went, you're not going to say, oh, mm -hmm. I went to. Just going to say the story. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah. dropping those weird small letters when you can in dialogue makes it nice. Also, people just use grammar wrong sometimes, which is <laughs> something you can use to your advantage. Especially if you have sticklers for it. <laughs> yeah. Everyone I love that scene. The scene with Stannis correcting people. Yeah, <laughs> and then that became like, like a trope throughout. Well, the like nobody in the room cares, but it just bothers him. Mm -hmm. It's just his entire life story. Yes. Good characterization, though. Yeah. Okay, what's something that you're still just terrible at? <laughs> no matter how hard you try, you just suck at it. Ending scenes. <laughs> oh, that one. Sitting down to write. Uh, my characters word vomit, definitely. I, I don't know how well I'm doing on a certain part of it because I, I just feel really insecure about it. But in, in the scene I've been working on, I'm trying to establish that two characters are friends without out and out saying they've been friends. And I'm trying to, to make sure that their behavior towards each other is right also for the situation of it being a military thing. And I also don't want to make the people think that it, it's a romantic thing because they're opposite genders. And it's like, I, I don't know how well I'm doing on that. Some parts I think that they're, they're good. It's like, they're like gentle, like teasing. But I don't know. You guys need to read it and tell me. I just, just feel really insecure about it. Just have him call her a slut and it'll be fine. And when she doesn't get upset, you'll know they're friends. <laughs> well, she called him an optimist and then he wanted to insult her back, but it's about as close I've gotten. <laughs> wow, man, that's a sick burn, you fucking optimist. <laughs> <laughs> but it was surprisingly fitting. It's like, I hope that works. It's, I don't know. You guys need to read it. And I need feedback. God, I want more feedback. <laughs> this is the alien apocalypse thing, Magic. Yes. And You're calling someone I, an optimist in that situation being a bit of a jab. A little bit, yes. Um, it's like, hopefully. But I, you said that you would read my stuff, Colin, and I'm calling you out. I, I, gave I was you just looking for it. November, because obviously NaNoWriMo, but it's like, please. Holidays. Now we're out of holidays and mm -hmm. everything else. And I need feedback. Well, make sure you like email it to me or something, because I'm going to have two and a half hours on a jet, so I'll have a little bit of time to read. Okay, okay. I'll, I will do that as soon as we're done. Yes. Yes, email it again. Okay. Yay! <laughs> See? Public shaming works. I'm not awake. <laughs> Also, I right. might not have power for the rest of the day. Oh, God, it's already snowing. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's supposed to get heavy and wet and windy later. Because Boston. Because said. Boston. <laughs> and about 14 inches. <laughs> oh, God, it's going to be so much more. Okay. Um, what else have you guys noticed you have gotten better at? I thought we were on the worst topic. Oh, oh okay. Things that we're bad at. I'm sorry. I'm still tired. <laughs> uh, one thing, like, I still just second-guess myself way too much. 
or like I want to change everything all the time. Like, oh no, it'd be so much cooler if this happened, but that means this domino has changed and this domino has changed. I'm like, so like there are times where I'll just like sit there thinking about everything I want to do instead of actually just doing it. I'll get paralyzed by fear. I thought of a new character I wanted to add this morning. (laughs) It's like, yes, let's make things more complicated. (laughs) Yes. But when you need, yeah. like, I want viewpoints in different areas, and then I realize that no one's going to be in that spot, so now I need a new character to be in that spot, and then i got to make a use for them, and why do I need more characters? Yeah, actually, the, the story I was talking about earlier, that I did the front and back page thing, um, it's kind of more of a medieval epic fantasy, but also with a horde of monsters and stuff. I just Ooh. really like that plot. Um, there's a, I started thinking of, like... <laughs> The church that I was building, it's like, I really need a person there be- that's inside it that can, like, help. Because, like, that was actually really interesting. I was having fun building it. I have no idea how to get that person involved in the plot. <laughs> I just have this person that's really fun to think about. Like, Shit. Yeah, I'm definitely not good at organization either. Oh, I'm terrible. I still, I can't believe I went through all of NaNoWriMo, wrote the whole thing. And realized I had completely dropped one of the points of view I was I had in the previous. Who did you drop? The Charred Man. You dropped his point of view. I know. But I realized I could work that into a cool reveal later. Okay. But <laughs> just the fact that, like, my own freaking story, and I'm chugging along, and I realize, oh, right, that <laughs> I guy. Think, yeah. I mean, he's, he's in it. I just forgot I had his point of view. Yeah. Oh, I should uh, outline more. Yes, you should. Outlining helps everything, I I'm sure. I should also know, focus on one story. Out, yes. Outlining kills me. Like, like I get way too, like, it paralyzes me. I'm like, oh, I gotta stick to the outline. To, like, I don't know. Like, I have well, general plot points. But I'm like, okay, I need these six things to happen in the entire book. Other than that, I'm just gonna fill in the details. Yes, but I think you have way too much filler. I'm working on it, woman. <laughs> oh, it's like you, you seem to have built this card game that as far as I have read, which isn't terribly far, I admit, it like it served no purpose. Yeah. I'm going to go back and change that. Well actually I'm 'cause I'm actually having a friend of mine work out the math for it so I can actually like create actual like things with it. That was one of those things where like this is too complicated right now, I'm just gonna keep moving. <laughs> But is this gonna? Is it gonna have like the significance of like Casino Royale poker game? Uh, thing? kind of later, yeah. Okay, because otherwise it's just like Corlex walks into a casino. Oh, there's people playing Deca. You called it. It's like, and then he walks away to the bar. It's like, why did that happen? That didn't need to happen. Again, that's one of those see- scenes I may just cut completely. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> see if you have an outline. And you stick to it, you're much less likely to have filler scenes that you need to cut later. You just need to do more thinking before you write. I did grab Bayon Timeline on sale from Nano. Because I need, like, visual outlining. And the draw space thing was getting, like, frustrating to use. Oh, I thought that was... I think it's fine. I still go back to that. I mean, even though that... The outline I have in the draw space... uh, flowchart format is really outdated because I needed to do a lot more work in terms of like what time everything happens because that became significant. Um, but I still go back to it to 
figure out scenes and stuff. I should also have a ton of paper telling me exactly what time various scenes happen. I, that's something I do need to do. Because <laughs> there's a lot of times, especially in Core Lecture, I'm like, uh, parentheses, figure out time, keep going. <laughs> like, if I think too much, like I said, I'll just get paralyzed and won't, I'll just stop writing. So, I'd like, it's like, yeah. I just got to keep pushing. And then when I get to the end, I'll just figure this all this shit out later. <laughs> I had about uh, a quarter to a third of my book happening within three hours, which can work depending on the book, but it was kind of pushing believability in terms of lots of international travel, lots of international things happening. It's like, I just need to stretch that out. So I got it down to about 30 hours. That's much better. If, but I had to refigure out all of the time frames. If, if, you know, early 2000s teen rom-coms have taught us anything, you can like find the love of your life at a one party in two or three hours. So <laughs> and have the most epic night of your life where everything happens all at once. Yeah, but this is military. It's a bunch of hurry up and wait. I need to stick to that concept. Also, why the fuck am I writing a military book? I have no, co no experience. Oh, my God. That's the fun That's part. Because, sort of, you I know, Jim find... Butcher has a whole lot of experience with, you know, werewolves and vampires. And yeah, Chicago. But, <laughs> but military has its specific uh, words and dialogue and um capabilities that i have, I have no clue about and i'm tr as i'm trying to learn well, futuristic right yes but not that futuristic it's only 2070s so go play black ops 3 i don't have that <laughs> fancy but, your guns well yeah i was like wondering do i want to like make weird new guns like things that shoot plasma but don't need a like cartridge or something? Do I want infinite bullets? I don't know. <laughs> I love 40K's plasma. I'm going to shoot this. Oh, fuck, it just exploded and now I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> just a one in six chance of dying every time I pull the trigger. Yeah. Also, every time I do something that's a futuristic technology, <laughs> I have this this thing in me that like I need to figure out exactly how it works and, and everything about that. It's like, maybe I don't. But maybe I do, and I don't know, and it just kind of makes me paralyzed. Didn't Butcher write several Dresden Files books before he ever got to Chicago? Yes. So you don't he need also to know. Had, no, no, yeah. I have Google Earth, okay? I don't need to know the layout of the city. That's fine. I need to know how people maneuver in a city with M16s. But it tells you that you can still, like... Tristan walking around Chicago feels like a guy who knows his way around Chicago. You can pull it off even if you don't know it. But there's, there's, I need a military friend that will ha be willing to read my shit and tell me all the things I'm doing wrong and how to fix it. I don't have one of those yet. Well, I think you're about to have a lot, so... <laughs> Hopefully, but I need them to be willing to read my shit. <laughs> That's the <laughs> okay. So I don't think I believe in pantsers anymore. Yeah, I, I, just how do you like the first three books I wrote? I didn't actually have a. Well, no, I had an outline for a couple of them. But how do you connect a large story without planning? It, it seems like uh, I think Stephen King is a pantser. 
and when he sits down and writes, that he has explains like explains a lot. I think so. At least I think that's what Sanderson said. So he has this thing that the openings are really weird and interesting, and all tons of things happening, but then the endings just kind of fizzle. His endings. I, oh my! They just fizzle. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I don't want that. I want it to be kind of more of a build until the ending is awesome. The ending. So is I have to have it plotted. I mean, his books are fantastic, but how do you not have the ending? No. Well, sometimes you just start with the world and you're like, hmm, yeah. let's see what I can do with this. <laughs> but I still need to know the ending before I can write, because I, I need to know my goalpost yeah. before I start driving, you know? Otherwise, I just end up in the wrong place and no clue. <laughs> see, I don't, I don't, I mean, I had an idea, but I mean, when I started Corlex, it was just like, hmm, space bounty hunter. Let's just start throwing shit together and see what happens. <laughs> And then I refined it and was like, oh, this would be cool. So actually, like, as you've been writing and you're getting better at it, have you, has your enjoyment of any books or genre or anything changed? Like, getting more and more irritated with George R. R. Martin and his lack of ability to edit. See, unlike y'all, I don't have enough time to both read and write. So I just pretty <laughs> much write at this point. Like I've been re-listening yeah. some to some Dresden files, but that's about it. I actually haven't read a new book in a, in like six seven months, and that was the first one out of s probably six seven months as well. I've been forcing myself to read lately because I've been bad at that. But now I'm just more jealous than ever. <laughs> jealous, like yes. they're so much better than you at writing, or the fact that they're published, or the fact that they can just get it done <laughs> one yeah. thing even like I've talked about this before but one of my favorite <laughs> books is Ready Player One but the more I write the more I'm like oh god this is clunky as hell <laughs> like you can tell like oh it's like like I, I, every time I go back because I, I probably listened to that book like ten times and like every time I go back I'm like oh it just gets worse and worse for me <laughs> Like every time yeah. I read uh, *Lies of Locke Lamora*, I'm just pissed at how, how perfectly good he that, is. how like that book flows better than any book I've ever read. That book is uh, a work of art. It, it is. It really is. And then like the ending for uh, *Words of Radiance*. I won't spoil the ending, but dear God, can he put together an epic scene? Yeah. Okay. I had to remember. Which one is Words of Radiance? Yeah, I know. Um, I also, should read those again. I know, they're very good. Just, goddamn. Yeah, uh... I, I do admire Scott Lynch. Things about, like, going back and reading, like, have you ever, any of you, gone back to something you read when you were a kid and loved and realized it was actually terrible? I've avoided rereading Red Wall for a reason. Yeah. Um, as good as I remember. Have either of you read the original Dragonlance trilogy? Nope. With the uh, Autumn's Twilight and Winter something or other and then Spring Dawn or something. Yeah. It, I read those when I was a kid and I loved them because it was you know, D&D, Baldur's <laughs> Gate type stuff. Yeah. Half elves and dragons. And uh, it, I thought it was hilarious also because the characters were funny. They were general like funny things and so it just kind of, all the good parts stood out in my head. And then several years later, I read the first book again. And it's like, 
this is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> and the characters well, were still kind of fun. Anymore. No, but like the characters were still kind of fun, but like in the first book they had to go, you know, dungeon crawling and stuff because it was based on a D&D game. And they went to more dungeons than I think they should have for one book. They went to like four or something and they should have stuck to like two. Too many things and so like all of it kept blurring together. But they had pretty good dialogue. I have to say that. It was funny. Now one thing I have started doing is having a secondary story going to like as my test kitchen. Like, hmm, I really need to work on this type of thing, so I'm going to do it in this story and then I'll bring it over to Corlex to see if it works. <laughs> yeah, there have been times I wanted to work on writing, but I didn't have a story I felt I could work on, so I just wrote fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of fan fiction? Elder Scrolls. Nice. Yeah, it's like I could. It the world was already established. I could just do like prose things or character stuff. And also, yeah. I love Elder Scrolls. Have complete fuckery happen and just explain that it's Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Oh, this weird metaphysical thing suddenly became reality and murdered everything and then disappeared. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my secondary story is my my one about the animals that run across roads. Have I explained the story <laughs> idea to y'all? Yes, you pitched it to me, actually. But <laughs> so, so. Uh, so this old this joke I've had forever is that the reason animals run across roads is because they're training for the running across roads national championships. And so I want to. So the secondary story is like, you know, about like about a squirrel who's training, and like. It was sort of like Zootopia, so like there's like animal YouTube and all this other stuff, and so he's like he gets like involved in the world of like performance enhancing drugs and <laughs> coke parties and murder and mayhem and all in this like super like glossy happy rapper. Some dark shit, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the World Championships takes place in L.A., right? And they're terrible. <laughs> That's what I'm Thanks. thinking, like L.A. or like some or like New York City or something. <laughs> are there Russian squirrels coming in that are bigger and faster? Uh, I haven't decided yet, but <laughs> is it national or international? I, I was going to keep it on a national scale, but maybe the international. Sequel, yes, maybe, will be the sequel. Yes. Yeah. But, like, you know, eventually, like, his best friend's going to get murdered and, you know, like, he's going to get mixed up with the mob and, you know, <laughs> all sorts of shit while he's moving up the ranks. <laughs> I already like it more than Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> the, first two, the first two books of Hunger Games were okay. The third one just destroyed it, though. But at least you'd have I the really national like going the into third the international one. as opposed to... Here's the another third game, one, and oh, here's another one. The third one just like nothing happened, and then she destroyed the romantic relationship she wanted to pin the ending on. She she destroyed the relationship, but then she said gave it a happy ending because all of a sudden they like each other again in the epilogue. What? No, I don't think eh? they liked each other. It was just that like she was like, you know what, this is okay. This will I. Like, I got the oh, yeah. feeling that she was just like, you know what, I don't really love him. I'm just like, this is the easiest thing I can do, and he loves me, so screw it. I just think the first two were great. Well, I shouldn't say great. They were entertaining. Yeah, yeah, they were entertaining. But 
just the. No, I will uh, say the level of entertainment was really dropped off after the first one. But ju- I mean, just the fact that, oh, she has to go back to the same exact thing as the first book. Right. Well, it was I, not very ex- old or new. Well, I, I think you see that you you kind of see this a lot with movies and books, but like I feel like she wrote the first one, and she the publisher was like, hey. How about you do more of them? It's yeah. just like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, right, and that definitely is a problem because uh I think it happens a lot in things like anime and manga as well, because it's like, no, I this it takes me ten installments to do it. I'm done. It's like, no, you have to do a second season and so the second season is just done. It's like and it, it's terrible. It's completely different. There there there's an old adage in music but it rings true for just about everything is you have your entire life to write your first album in two years to write your second one so it kind of holds true for books too you have your entire life to write your first great story and then people want more of it and you're like hmm now what or you're prince and you have trouble every year deciding which of your hundred new songs you should put on an album (laughs) well we we can't all be prince okay (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I I like publishers because they they make a certain amount of quality assurance in terms of like editing sometimes and uh, book covers and availability and things like that. But then they they want more money, so they force things to get made. It's like you really need to just let it die. So it's a, that's the bad part of publishers, but I also really want them to give me money and help my book be awesome. I would like the st- the the support structure of a publisher. Yes. Hey, you have a dedicated editor. Oh yeah. That would be nice. <laughs> and I do like sometimes when they tell fighters not to do certain things. Like Jordan when he wanted to publish The Last Wheel of Time as one like three thousand page book and they're like, No, we're gonna break this up. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to carry around a six-ton book. Was he depending on the existence of a Kindle? Because <laughs> that could work. In 2007? When did Kindles come out? Probably somewhere around there. But I don't think he was. I think he just wanted, okay. to, I think he just wanted that book to be the last one, no matter how much it took. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, November 19, yeah. 2007 was the first Kindle. Huh. So All right, there you go. But- isn't that also something that Tolkien said? Like he wanted his the Lord of the Rings to be one book, and they broke it up into three because like it was just too big. Well, Sometimes I mean, you can't it, physically publish something that large. Yeah, you like the back, the binding of the books aren't going over. Which one of it was of Sanderson's had to be put through the machine twice because it was so large? I think that was Words of Radiance. Yeah, book two of out of what ten, right? Yeah. Yeah, and three is almost. I believe he's actually is, at like is 100%. It, is it at the publishers? No. Oh. But I think he's... Uh, oh, it's not on his chart. What the hell, Brandon? Yeah, see, but I think this he's is one at of the... 100% of completion of the first draft. Okay, because this is the benefit of having an outline, is that Sanderson can put on his website how far along he is in one of his books, and people can see progress, and they feel awesome. Otherwise, oh, you have people... Yeah. 
like uh, my Panthers and things like Rothfuss and stuff. Like he has no idea how far he's done because maybe he has to like throw out half the book or something. <laughs> Sanderson is at one percent on Oathbringer Stormlight Three's third draft. The dude knows okay. where he, knows where yeah. he is. Yeah. <laughs> I love outlines. I love knowing when books are going to be coming. So we'll probably see Oathbringer next year. Yeah, and where's Peastocks? Where's Doors of Stone? What is taking Butcher so long? I think he's getting married, and that's a problem. Oh, yeah, that slows things down. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Have our goals changed at all since we've gotten better at writing? Like, like I I wanted to write this one book, but... (laughs) God bless you, Colin. And then it uh, like morphed into three because I have problems. Uh, kind of. I mean, one thing, um, you know, especially with Corlex, uh, is, you know, I was trying to write like episodic short, shorter stories. And now I'm just like, screw it. I'm going to write a full fucking novel. <laughs> and so, like, I feel like, but I feel like I had to go through the process of actually finishing something before I was ready to actually take on a novel, you know. I did and, the opposite. Well, keep going. keep going. You know, and then, you know, like, I tried to write some other stuff that was really terrible. Like, I tried to write a romance novel, because why not? Uh, it actually wasn't terrible, but it was terrible. <laughs> but that definitely helped me with some things. I'm like, hmm, this is how you write a sex scene. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, so it's like, hmm, how... And that's another thing I was like, what that is one thing I do decide before I start writing is what, you know, rating do I want this book to have? Is it like, is this going to be a PG, PG 13 or R? <laughs> I don't think I've ever worried about that. Cause I knew everything would be adult. Like I never <laughs> once thought of doing anything child friendly. <laughs> well, like Corlex, I'm trying to keep in that like PG 13 ranking. You know, because that's where the mo- that's where the money is is in the PG thirteen. That's what, at least what Marvel has taught us. Um, eh. But the uh, the uh, the the animal one is definitely like a, a hard R. Lots of cursing, <laughs> lots of animal sex. You know, it's going to be weird. <laughs> it's going to be really bizarre when it's all said and done. <laughs> Like I just want people reading reading this book. Like, what the, what the fuck, fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, best read while drunk type book. <laughs> or just maybe. I, I mean, fuck. See. If if uh, Sausage Party can be made into a movie, I can do. <laughs> Have y'all seen Sausage Party? No. I heard sh- it's better than it looked. It 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 is, but there's there's a scene at the end where you're just like the fuck. Actually, there's lots of scenes like that, but there's one at the end that you're like really just like the fuck is going on. But it's it's really worth watching. Uh, it's very like existential and gets into like religion and shit. But like there's there's a uh, there's German sauerkraut that wants to exterminate the juice. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Colin, you were going to say something. Um, on this topic about moving from short stories to novels, I was going to say I, I tried that and realized that my short stories are basically novel scenes separated into short story scenes. So. Thank you. I know, but 
Yes, those short stories that you were writing, uh, those were just chapters. <laughs> and you refused to believe it. Thank I mean, you for they, finally seeing the light. But they don't form a coherent story. Like they, they formed an opening to a book. Like, as I read them, there was, like, one for every character, and they were interconnected to the point that there was clearly going to be, like, extensions from one story to another. That's a chapter. <laughs> I mean, you can have short stories related to each other. Sure, but those were, those were not separate stories. Those were just separate points of view. Not everything in them tie together. That was the hard That's thing. That's what the rest of the book is for. That's what I was trying to do, is have things that tie together but not be the main point of it. But clearly I need to write novels. Watch Black Mirror, actually, because there's a... Each one of those episodes are their own stories. But there are certain things that cross over. Like one character's <laughs> name in one episode gets mentioned later. And so like you can like they are in the same universe. But like it took me watching it two or three times to actually realize that that was the connection. So watch that. Nice. Also, it's awesome and fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, I've heard this is good. Watch the first episode with the with the with the, the pig. pig. I was like, yeah. the, uh, the what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is messed up. Yeah. <laughs> like me and my wife are both like looking at each other, like the fuck is going on. It is. Uh, it's definitely dark. It's definitely fucked up. Um, but I, it's really good. Well made. Um, and also, I like the one of the biggest problems in every one of the episodes is the level of technology. Always in various ways. Sometimes it's just social media. Sometimes it's people having brain implants. The the technology is a problem. Well, that's the whole point, right? Of yeah. the anthology is like to like let's take an idea for technology and like see how it could go wrong, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and I really like that. Just to like how much, especially with the social media things, like in the first episode, because the there was like a ransom demand of he has to do nasty things to a pig. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, it's it was released on YouTube. So they can't, like, stop it. And it was, since it was in the UK, they have stronger laws about censorship. So they could actually shut down the media inside the UK. But then all of the media in the US picked it up. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't suppress it. So I thought that was great. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, oh, yeah. It was really great to see. It was just weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, Again, this is why I think Alex likes to like cut people in their sleep i have never stabbed anyone yet but you've thought about it <laughs> eh, yeah. well i write i write books about people killing each other so i don't know <laughs> i played you're the gonna be, you're gonna be that super villain who writes what she's gonna do <laughs> well, it's kind of like the uh the opening of castle the tv show he's like you know there's two people who dream about how to murder people all day, psychopaths and mystery writers. Uh, <laughs> mystery writer pays better. <laughs> so the only difference is whether you choose to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> and actually act out your fantasies. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
have my goals shifted? I don't know. I want to be a published writer and have to be able to do that for a living. That has not changed. I have never tried to do a short story because every time I think about a short story, I end up getting more and more complicated and expanding out because I have a problem with keeping things contained. That's why I have to depend on an outline. Colin can attest to how things just kind of grow when I start talking about them. I do eventually want Corlex to be a trilogy, but the pace this first book is going, I don't know if I'll probably die before that. that <laughs> Unless I get a lot faster. Right? Good, good company. <laughs> but, uh, but I have each book lined out. Like I know how, like, how I want the story to progress through the three books. Yeah, one, I swear, one of the things that's going to keep me writing is that there are you know, devastating things to my characters that happen in books two and three and four. And it's like, I need to get to that point for myself. I need to actually achieve that goal of making that happen. So I need to actually finish the first one. That would help. Yeah, it would. Okay, so this is our first episode of the new year. So I think a good way oh, to close true. out the show would be like, do you have any New Year's resolutions or goals for this year for writing? Oh. Uh, let's see. I've got a little less than 60 days. I'm not entirely sure the number uh, before I basically go on a vacation. And uh, then I don't no idea what's happening in my life after that. So I want to actually stick to writing as much as possible in those 60 days and maybe... If I really push it, I can finish the first draft. That's my goal for the next two months. And we'll have to hound you. Yeah, read my shit. Uh, I my goal, my goal has been, and I don't think I'm going to reach it, is to finish Corlex by San Diego Comic Con. Not that I'm going, but it just it's an arbitrary date that I I'm pushing towards. What date is that? Middle of July or late July. Okay. So now I think I actually, if I want it to be really close to finish by Gen Con, which is late August. Because uh, they do have Authors Row, so I would like to have like a draft, you know, a near a completed or near complete thing to kind of like, hey, would you take a look at this and tell me how bad it sucks? Yeah. And then tell me how I make it suck less. Yeah. It's like, here, here's a draft. Here's a red pin. Here's $20. Just mail it back to me. <laughs> I want to throw a few more 20s in there. <laughs> but that, that's sort of my goal. Colin? Right. <laughs> but give us metrics. You know, you need uh, to have like a, a goal... A number. Considering my actual New Year's resolution is to quit my job and find a better one, which might be time-consuming, I should stick to a small goal. Or you just end up being unemployed for a while and have nothing but time. I've done that before. I don't want to do it again. Yeah, it's this weird thing that I'm. I have this struggle right now. It's that I do nothing, so I'm bored, so I'm lethargic, and I do nothing, and it just continues in this cycle. And it's so difficult for me to actually get the motivation to do something. Uh, one thing I have learned in the last year, don't work at, don't write after I work out. <laughs> like, cause I was like, I had worked out pretty hard and like, 
was like, ah, oh, I got some time. Like, I like my wife was gone. It's like I got some time. I'll write. And I was like, I got like two pages in. I'm like, oh, this is god awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was essentially just like outlining what should be happening and not actually writing what was happening. Is like, oh god, okay, no, <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> I already lost my plan of continuing after Nano and finishing that section of the book, I should I should do that. I kind of want to start over again. Maybe I should finish should... it just to get the picture of the plot in one concise ball and then go back and try to write it so that it's actually entertaining. <laughs> I'm starting That's to fun. think you should just throw away the story, though. Nah. You've been working on it for four years and you right, keep actually. doing... Okay. I thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't so know just, it enough. You've done Nano, what, three times with that same story? No. This was actually the first year I did it for Nano. Oh, okay. So that helps. Yeah. I get sidetracked a lot. Yeah. Don't play video games because, because they're, the time suck. Diablo Season 9 came out last night. I explain why I'm more tired. It's also yeah. still early in the morning. <laughs> uh, do you guys think that your enjoyment of specific genres have changed? Like, you were reading a certain type of genre, but then now that you're writing, you want to switch to a different one? Just wondering, you know, as tastes change. I've been watching more, like, Western-related <laughs> Like again, I don't have enough time to read, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I watch my media. And <laughs> no, I pretty much always just read fantasy and sci-fi, and that hasn't changed. Mm. I do occasionally enjoy the good historical fiction, or just plain historical book nowadays. Sometimes okay. I just don't want to read things that remind me of the things I'm not doing. Yeah, and it's a complicated thing when like you read or watch something of a new genre. It's like, oh, that was really good. I need to do the exact same thing. And then you get distracted. Like sometimes I need to just stop reading because I'm reading and my head is on a story that I'm trying to write. And I'm like, okay, I'm just not even enjoying this book right now. Yeah, so put it you down, just not read it. Put it down, then go to your desk and start writing. No, that's too ambitious. <laughs> I want to pick up a book on Lincoln or something. All right, I think on this first like update of our progressing <laughs> skill, we are done, and we'll probably come back to this because like we're still like changing, and we want to like oh hey this is better this is better, Ooh. and. One more resolution I have for us is to do more than 10, ten episodes in eight months <laughs> since June or July. I was going to say we should have a every six-month episode of where we think we are. Regardless of the... require episodes between. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have to say I apologize for uh, the scattered episode things one of them did just genuinely get lost though yes. and i'm gonna to fall back on that <laughs> but also like we try to do um, when all three of us are available <laughs> and that gets complicated especially things like 
Jacob's going to Orlando today, and then someone gets sick, and then someone else gets sick, and just... Uh. <laughs> well, you're in the air. I'm going to be underground. <laughs> yes, and I get to use TSA PreCheck. Is that worth it? Yes. Why? Uh, well, one, one, it's $85 for five years instead of just one year. I, so, uh, but like, it's, it, one, the line is a lot shorter. Two, it's like old school airport security where like you don't have to take off your shoes or belt and don't have to pull your laptop out. Like, like you get through security in like five minutes, which I, at Denver, you're going to want, <laughs> depending on when you're flying out. Assuming you're flying well, out of Denver. Yeah, yeah, I'm, but I might also be flying from Pueblo to Denver, and therefore I might not even leave security. Wow, wow that seems really... Okay, but anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, future but, travel plans are very fun to think about. Yes, but if you don't mind, speaking of travel, let's wrap this up so I can get this thing loaded in, because so, I need to like leave in like 20 minutes. <laughs> You get to go to the happiest place on earth, and Colin and I get to freeze. All right, let's plug our shit. I'm doing uh, a Dresden episode tomorrow, actually, at a much more normal time of the day. I'm sorry, guys. And I really I know. Am. <laughs> I just don't like mornings. And uh, let's see, then. And then there's Great Scott. Mm -hmm. That's me and Jay Ray. We're talking about The Office. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Shylocks might be coming back. Yes. I don't really know. Maybe. Go check it out anyway. And then we still have the old episodes of like 42 and Dangerous to Go Alone, which just went on hiatus for the holidays. I believe they're, they'll be coming back. Well, yeah, and they're moving. So they're, they're going to be on hiatus for a little while until okay. they get settled. But still check them out because yeah. everyone loves listeners. Um, you can email us at brokenjarsbroadcasting at gmail.com or try the new one, contact at brokenjars.xyz. Yeah, like we, we have so many ways for you to contact us. We're Please do so. We have Twitters out the wazoo. We have a Broken <laughs> yes. Jars Twitter. We have a High Fantasy Twitter. <laughs> high underscore fantasy underscore. There's two underscores. Don't forget the second underscore. <laughs> like I yes. always do. Uh, but like, just we just talk at us, because we we love we, we we want to talk to people who like us. There is actually a Reddit too. <laughs> yes, we have a broken jars subreddit, which we are going to start using and and stuff. <laughs> I will. Yes, I will show you how to use other things to like help automate that. <laughs> I just want us to use it, like, even just the Broken Jars people to generate content. Okay. It doesn't have to just be copy-paste. Just, like, even if all of us get on there and have a conversation, that would be good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what Slack is for. I know. But anyway, thank you for coming out to High Fantasy this early in the fucking morning <laughs> on a very cold Saturday. It's still not even 60 degrees in my podcast cave yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it has risen 20 degrees since I sat down, so I'm happy. And now you're about to turn it off. Well, it's warm upstairs. <laughs> and you're leaving. Yes. Faster. Well, the problem... Yes. But the issue is, it's going to be 60 when I land, but it's probably going to be like 15 when I take off. 
So I'm like, hmm, how do I dress? <laughs> like, do I just like wear a thin hoodie and sweats and hope to God I don't freeze to death? Like, I think that's sort of my <laughs> my idea. I keep depressing myself by looking out my window. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for coming out. Everyone, say Thank bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. bye.